Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 179 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to take a look back at round 14, as well as a couple of the uh, news items from the early part of the week. And there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of heartwarming stuff, a lot of sad stuff, and a lot of things that just make you scratch your head and wonder, what are people thinking? Don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note at one of my socials, whether it be you know, via email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com, on Twitter at yank underscore on, over on Instagram at a yank on the footy, or at a yank on the footy podcast on Facebook. Love to go ahead and feature your club in an upcoming episode. Now, today's club of the episode is being sponsored by mickaussie.tv. That's M-Y-K-A-U-S-S-I-E dot TV. It is run by Kim Harrison, or as he's known here in North America as Mick Aussie. Mick has lived in North America for almost 25 years, and he spent the last two decades running his sports comedy channel talking about the NFL, the AFL, of course, the CFL, the Canadian Football League, as well as the NBA and the NHL, and even some Major League Baseball from time to time here. He appears regularly on Sports Grid TV out of New York with Gabe Morenci talking footy, talking the NFL, talking the CFL as well. And today's club of the episode are the Nangwari Saints. And the Saints are a unique club because over the weekend, the Saints defeated Tantanula 13-11-89 to 11-14-80. Now, it's a nine-point victory for a club, and and uh, I chose this club specifically. And if you haven't heard the story yet, there's a reason why I chose them. And this is not, you know, intended to be mocking in any way or anything like that. But it's kind of a cool story because this is a club that had not won a game since 2014. Yeah, 2014. They broke a 104-game losing streak. And they are located, uh, Nangwari is located just north of Mount Gambier, right along the, uh, the border of South Australia and Victoria. And it's about 350 kilometers east of Adelaide. Now, I did find a radio interview that one or two of the players from the club did after the game had finished. And it was very, very funny. I'm including a link to that. In the show notes, it was through Facebook. Uh, Saints, congratulations on the win. Here's hoping you can get two in a row. This is just a really neat story of perseverance and just, you know, keeping at it. And I I, I chuckled quite a bit during the, uh, the little five-minute radio interview that I listened to. So best of luck to you going forward. Now, don't forget, folks, you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll consider checking it out. I hope you'll head over there and get signed up on the mailing list. If you are so inclined to do so, that way when a new episode comes out, it is in your inbox almost instantaneously. You can leave me a voicemail there. If you're somebody who has a great story that uh, you think would make for a great interview on the podcast, please 
register as a guest over there, drop me an email at my website, let me know that you've signed up because I'm always looking for unique, interesting stories and guests to talk to on the podcast. I mean, that's, that's the part that I love about doing this is talking to people and learning about what makes them tick and what their love of the game is all about. Like I said, you can get on the mailing list there as well. That's yankonthefooty.com. And if you're interested in helping out the show, you can do that in a couple of ways. One, leave a review on your favorite uh, podcast host, whether that be Apple Podcast or over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can click on the leave a review button there, or you can click on the bottom uh, left-hand corner, the little yellow circle over there, which is the Buy Me a Coffee page if you want to support the podcast that way. Or if you're interested in any gear, you can click on the Redbubble page. So... Let's dive into the uh, the stories from this week, and uh, boy, did we not see the highs and lows of football this week at Metricon. This was, uh, you know, the injury to Will Powell, absolutely terrible, um, hard to look at. You know, it was, it was a hard tackle right there along the, uh, the boundary, uh, and... I'm glad, and I didn't watch the game. I'm recording this on Monday evening. I didn't watch the game until earlier today. I mean, I'd seen the score. I'd read the stats. I knew about the injury. But it was uh, it was reminiscent uh, in some ways, at least in, in my limited scope, scope of footy over the last, uh, well, since 20, late 2016, uh, it was reminiscent for me to the injury suffered by Tim Broomhead with the Magpies several years ago. And it, you know, it was interesting listening to the commentators in the game. I think Dwayne Russell was one, and Anthony Hudson, I believe, were calling the game and, and you know, asking when, you know, Taylor Walker got the opportunity to take the free kick. Well, what happens if it ends up being a behind? Do they just continue playing while he is sitting over there in immense discomfort? I mean, this is not the type of injury where you're going to be walking this player off the ground. So, fortunately, they did, you know, communicate that and uh, and get the game stopped in order to, to deal with his injury. And I, I wish Will Powell the absolute best. I did see that he actually hopped on one of the Suns' uh, Facebook pages for one of the supporter pages and thanked them. And it, it looked like, I mean, it, it was Will Powell's Facebook page going back many, many years from when he was a youngster. There's only a, about a half dozen posts over the last few years on there. So I think he just came on to thank the Sun supporters for their well wishes. I hope he comes back you know, as strong as ever next year. Uh, it does sound like it's a broken ankle with some ligament damage in there. So he's, you know, of course, not going to be playing this year. But hopefully he's healthy and ready to go when the 2023 season rolls around because he's an integral part of that club. So that was the... That was one of the lows of footy. But then the, the other thing that happened at the Gold Coast game that just, you know, I don't know about you, but when I saw it happening, it was extraordinarily dusty where I was. Because I know I, I had a bunch of stuff in my eyes that was just making my eyes water. So I, And it had to be the dust. Okay, it wasn't the dust. But uh, seeing Alex Davies' grandfather having made the trek from Japan to come watch his grandson play footy for the first time was just just cool. I mean, you, you get to see that in sports here in the United States. It happens with, with baseball when, it, when a, a 
player gets called up to the major leagues for the first time, like going from, yeah, maybe coming in at the midseason draft and you know going from the VFL side or a waffle side and going to an AFL side the next week, the fans or the parents or the relatives all fly in to come watch the game, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, it's quite often that's happening with somebody coming from the same country, but somebody who's traveling internationally to do this. I mean, that that's one of the coolest things I've seen was, you know, seeing his grandpa up in the stands all decked out in his son's gear and cheering him on. But then it got even better watching him get into the circle after the game while the team was singing the, the song. And, you know, I couldn't tell whether or not grand, his grandfather was trying to sing along or not, but just the, the fact that he was in that circle. That's one of the coolest things I have seen in sport ever. So, Suns players, good on you for that. I was beyond impressed with that. That was just one of the neatest things I've seen in a long, long time. And just, again, if I need to find more reasons why I have fallen in love with this game and what I am so impressed with, well, you just keep showing me more and more examples of this sort of thing. Yeah, whether it be the picture that I saw the other day on social media of Sam Draper along the uh, the boundary getting his photograph taken with, you know, with, with fans or any number of things like that happening. You know, Will Powell reaching out on social media just saying, hey, thanks for the, the well wishes. I mean, it's just... It is just, it's such a cool thing. Now, I'm not going to delve too deeply into this because I, I'm I, I'm just really wondering what's going on with Jordan Degoe. I don't, I don't know what the club is going to do regarding this, you know, and him making the decisions that he's making. Um, does he have an issue with, with alcohol? I don't know. You know, growing, you know, I, and again, I'm, I'm old enough to be his father by many years. Uh, in fact, in not too many days, I will have a birthday to where I become the same age as my father when he died, which is a little sobering pun sort of intended. Uh, one of the reasons why I don't drink much is because of the whole long family history of alcoholism. So I, I, I tend to stay away from, from alcohol uh, for that very reason. But I, I, I wish him the best. I, I wonder who actually wrote that statement. Maybe he wrote it, but that seemed to be something that was rather eloquent for somebody who was off on a, uh, a holiday somewhere to put that together. That, that just surely looked like something that maybe an, an agent would have put together or an agency would have, might have put together for him, possibly. I don't know. Um, but I, I just, I worry about, you know, what's going to happen with him. You know, somebody had posted uh, a note on Messenger to me right before I was sitting down to record, you know, am I on the bandwagon that uh, that says that Jordan Degoe is untradeable? I don't know. Because, you know, it sure sounds like the Saints are interested in him. Uh, you know, and it sounds like the Magpies have maybe pulled their contract offer. Maybe, they're, you know, they're going to say, hey, we're going to offer you less money because... We can't trust you. And again, I don't know all of the, the, the facts behind this by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to pretend that I'm any kind of an expert on this because I just don't know. Okay. And it's interesting. This is one of the things that's different about uh, the AFL from uh, sports leagues in the United States. Uh, 
the fact that there are rumblings out there that Fremantle has supposedly made this is making this big offer to Luke Jackson's camp to try to get him to come west to come home. Uh, it sounds like Jackson had said he was planning on staying with the D's, but you know, ten and a half million for seven years, yeah, um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of that's a lot of years. Yeah, if you think about what is again back to, to Collingwood and what's going on with uh, you know um, Brody Grundy. And having you know, you know Darcy Cameron and uh, you know, Mason Cox doing a halfway decent job in the ruck for them, and having uh, is it Isaac Bug I think that who's the, kind of the ruck in training if you will. Um, yeah, in other news related to the Luke Jackson offer that's being made, um, not sure how many of you are familiar with this gentleman, but Sean Darcy received information from Ancestry.com.au that he is a distant relative of the late comedian Rodney Dangerfield, where he, uh, you know, used to say, I tell you, I get no respect. Uh, so I, I don't know if they have other plans for Sean Darcy. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting that that, that that sort of thing's happening. And we've still got almost 10 rounds of footy left to play. Now, before I dive into reviewing the games for this round, I, I had one thing that I, I wanted to toss out there. And many of you who are listening you know, have found the podcast through, well, many of you find it through Twitter or through Instagram or maybe hopefully from friends of yours that you're telling your friends about the podcast and you're going, hey, there's this crazy American who loves our game. You might want to check it out. If you're not doing that, I'd be great if you would. But for those of you that that might remember, back in April, I lost my initial Facebook page. It, it was shut down. Facebook shut it down. I broke some cardinal rule that I don't know what it happens to be. I I think I used the word punch. I know I used the word punch in a post. I'm not sure if that's what caused their algorithm to go apoplectic and, and shut me down. So when I started my this back up again, I went back in and I joined up. And I was in many of these already. But I have joined the discussion boards, or like the, 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 the forums, if you will, the groups, communities, whatever the term they're using on Facebook now, uh, for all 18 clubs. And I'm, you know, in a couple of the clubs, I'm in more than one. And I like to go in there and engage with people and talk to people. You know, one, I go in there kind of as the podcast. And, and as you're going to hear in just a few minutes, you know, I, I'm getting comments and feedback and thoughts from the supporters from each of the clubs about their club's performance that round. Well, I did something this week that I had not ever done before. I, when I, when I put a post up in the boards for the, the West coast Eagles, I put in there, you know, uh, yeah, full disclosure. I am a, a cat supporter. Well, one of the groups, uh, the, the, the gentleman who started it uh, was a king who I had on the podcast uh, to preview the Eagles earlier in the year, who also did the design for my new uh, logo for the podcast. He, he runs one of those, uh, and I, I trade messages with him from time to time. But in one of the other groups, you know, somebody came in and commented on there, you know, why don't we have a cat supporter in the group, you know, remove him immediately. And... While I was typing up a response to basically, you know, outline that I'm not there to sledge on any club and I'm not there to be a cat supporter in, you know, somebody else's group, um, 
you know, I'm, I don't sledge on anyone other than those of you who listened for a while. I, I will sometimes give, you know, the Tigers a hard time when they are not happy about having to play a home game at Marvel. I mean, that's about the extent of my sledging. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't have that, that disdain and you know, that animosity towards other clubs in my DNA. I'm in those rooms because I want to learn from you. I want to engage with supporters from other clubs. I'm hoping to to develop relationships with those folks to where maybe they have people, maybe it's themselves, who will be great guests on the podcast. I'm not there to uh, be disrespectful to you or to your club at all. So while I was typing up this very eloquent um, comment, this response to this, I was removed from that group. So I there, I'm gone from that one. So. I'm not going to try to go back in and, and, you know, defend my honor. I, I hopefully, hopefully some of the people that are in that group are in the others and see what, you know, maybe they look back at some of the things that I'd had posted on there and they go, Oh, maybe he wasn't so bad after all. Uh, hopefully that's the case. But again, I'm not there, you know, to denigrate your club. I'm there to learn from you. I'm there to, to try to develop, relationships with people who are in these groups to talk about the clubs whose colors run through their veins. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I admire the relationship that you have with your club because you're, you're allowed to sledge on your own club. You can do that. Okay. And some of the comments that we'll be seeing here, people are doing that very thing. Uh, but, uh, again, I'm not there to be disrespectful to you, to your club, you know, I, I just, I was being open when I, when I posted that there, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be as open as to say that because I don't want, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to alienate anybody. I'm not trying to hide anything. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I've had some great responses from people and I had a good conversation and the same thing kind of happened in one of the other groups. And I, I had a, a very nice discussion with one of the, the admins in that group and, uh, you know, they, they had read through the things that I had posted and they were, they were okay with me being there, knowing that I'm, I'm there for the purpose that I'm there. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll share episodes of the podcast when it, when they come out, I, I will, you know, I'll try to, uh, like I said, I'm trying to build these relationships with people and, and not, not to alienate people, not to piss people off, not to make them feel bad. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not there, you know, and, if you listen to the last episode, the preview episode for round 14, you know, the cats, I'm a cat supporter. They were playing West coast. I told you, and I'm going to get into that here in just a minute. I told you how I was scared to death of that game. Okay. And I was, turns out I was right on that. The line on it was over 30 points. Well, we get into that. Well, I tipped it only as a 13 point difference. And I was within one kick of that about being exactly right on that, which we'll get into here in just a moment. So again, if you're in one of those groups and, and I'm not there to, like I said, I'm not there to sledge on your club. Okay. You know, if your club is struggling, I understand that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to, you know, hear what your solutions are, what your thoughts are, what, what's the next thing that your club could do to, to improve. Is it, is it changing the coach? Is it, you know, Who's that 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 young player that's going to come in to be that you know that new first round pick for your club? Whatever you know, whatever the case may be, what free agent might you be able to acquire? I, I'm there to learn from you. 
Okay, so yeah, I'm. I was just being honest when I was there, and well, it, you know, they, you know, it didn't pay off for me in that instance there. So you know, was not intended to offend, to be offending anybody. So if you're from that group and you're going to hear this, I apologize if I uh, if I've offended you there. So let's take a look at the uh, the games from this round here. Yeah, you know, we're and we're going to go through all six of them here. Um, and I and what I did a little different. I've I've been bringing in some comments from some of the uh, the people in these different discussion groups on Facebook. Uh, and I, the last couple of weeks that I had done this, I've just put them at the end. Well, this time I've, I've moved them into right after the particular game here. So, you know, looking at the Richmond and Carlton game, the rumors of Richmond's demise have been greatly exaggerated. I tipped Carlton in this game. I'm think, I'm going into it thinking, you know, Dusty's absence is going to be a bigger issue than the Blues' absences that they had. I thought the Blues would be able to con- compensate for that. You know, I've doubted the Blues several times this year. If you go back and listen to episodes where they've lost somebody, Jacob Wiedern goes out, Mark Pitnick goes out. I I tipped against them that following week thinking they're not going to be able to compensate for that. And I was wrong. Michael Voss got the the group together, put together a win after that. They proved me wrong a couple times. So I was, I was, this was like, you know, you know, you know, once bitten, twice shy, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. Well, I, it happened twice. I wasn't going to let it happen a third time. Well, turns out it did because I tipped Carlton and well, they, they lost, uh, you know, the Tigers, they came out and put on one heck of a defensive show. You know, Dion Prestia led the club. He had 33 disposals, you know, four tackles, 13 clearances, you know, in the absence of, of Mark Pittnett, you know, the, the blues had been dominating clearances. They've been, you know, they've been having to just be hard nosed and get in there and get the ball in every instance. But that veterans, uh, a veteran group with the Tigers, they won the clearance contest by a 41 to 28 margin, and they had 50 percent more inside 50s than Carlton did. I mean, it's it's it was amazing. Um, you know, this was a great performance. You know, by a club that that's uh, as much as the other 17 clubs don't want to say this, and they don't want to see it. Here come the Tigers. Here come the Tigers. You know, this is uh, you know, this is a club that. They get healthy. They could very easily get a fourth cup. It could it could happen this year. It could happen. I I think it's wide open right now, but it could. Why not Richmond? I mean, it certainly could be them. You know, this is a this is a club that uh, you know is is de- and you know they're facing my cats this week. Again, another 2.35 in the morning start for me, so that'll be a, a very late night for me again. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to complain and say that they should be, you know, times that are a little bit more palatable for, you know, for those of us here. We'll, we're dealing with it. We're good. Uh, but, you know, Carlton's got a very hectic month coming up here. You know, they've got the Dockers, the Saints coming up, and then they've got the Eagles who are improving you know, this is, you know, when they face the Eagles in three weeks, that's not going to be the Eagles side that's scuffled out of the, the, uh, the gate this year and had a you know, percentage of, of 50. Tim Kelly's coming back in. Liam Ryan's coming at, back in. By the time they face the Blues, Nick Nat may be back as well. This is a club that is getting better. And, uh, and after that, they have Geelong in the next four rounds. So this is, you know, this is going to be, this span of four weeks is going to be a huge test. For blues, for the blues coming up here, um, 
Yeah, and, and looking at some of the Richmond supporter comments, Carl said, yes, this round is, was good to us, but next week is massive. Uh, Thomas responded to him saying, I agree, it's a huge opportunity. West Coast just got beaten by them by only three goals, so they may not be in great form, hopefully. Uh, Colin stated, uh, good win, and with Dusty out, uh, the boys fought back, and considering uh, the first game also that uh, – Win put us up two spots. We're in a massive chance now with a good run home. Go Tigers. Thomas said, not this round as, as such, but I felt like the loss against Sydney was similar to the West Coast Eagles loss at a similar stage in the 2021 season where they stormed home in the last quarter and kind of broke us a bit. I thought when Sydney beat us a couple of weeks ago, the players have made a choice to had a choice to make. Let it get let it get the better of them mentally for the season or learn from it. I'm hoping that we're seeing now is better. Um uh, Mario stated our back line and our midfield are humming. Just need more polish and connection up forward, but put more score on the board when we uh, are there for the big show. Uh, Chris, who's one of the admins in their group, said nothing is sweeter than beating Carlton. Our rivalry is legendary. Even after all these failures, they they still pretend to be privileged. See, that's not me saying that. That's a Richmond supporter saying that in their own group. And again, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm only using first names here. Uh, yeah, uh, Keith said Balta is a huge out considering Geelong's two monster forwards. Yeah, that is going to be a big thing there. Um, Errol said, hi, Craig, uh, we're clearly the better side uh, over the entire game. While the final score, we won by only by only 15 points. Only serves to flatter Carlton, who should get real and be thankful that the margin wasn't at least doubled. Go Tigers. And some of the Carlton supporters then stated, uh, Douglas said, if you don't show up in the first half, don't whinge about the second half. The boys showed some spirit, but didn't get the result considering last year Carlton was 14th this time of the year. I think that they're going really well. Maryland said, we've gone from 4th to 5th, so not too bad, and we have to beat Frio next week. Evan said, I'm pleased Carlton are firmly in the 8th. Eight. It's a blessing in disguise. Surely how... Essendon ran rings around. Uh, he used a different term for Essendon. I, I went ahead and edited that down a little bit. Um, same number of letters. He just changed uh, actually one le- more letter. I uh, ran rings around St. Kilda in the power, out hustled Sydney. Nonetheless, it stinks how Geelong won. Cats are gross. <laughs> uh, Ray said, hey, we are kidding ourselves with the injuries we have currently that we'll even make the eight. We'll probably win at best. With our current injuries uh, returning, which will be Chera, uh, Weedering, and Pitnet, the rest aren't up to it. So 13 games and percentage won't do it. So get ready for a Voss clean out and get right back for heck's sake. We have blokes on our list that can play well but never play finals. So work it out. And uh, let's see here. Uh, and Sharon said, uh, we've only dropped a fifth, hopefully less panic and less, and, uh, less panic disposals this week. Now let's look at the Essendon and St. Kilda game. Now I'm just going to put it out there. I started out my tips 0-2 this week. You know, the Bombers showed us what many of us thought we'd see from the Bombers this year. You know, they finished even last year at 11 and 11, and they lost, uh, their first finals matchup. Uh, this was a great performance by a club that absolutely needed one. You know, and I'm not telling any secrets here, but Essendon just might be the most disappointing club in the comp this year. This is a club that many people picked to be playing finals. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Mick Malthouse actually pick them to win the grand final this year? Um, yeah. 
West Coast injury and COVID problems have precluded them from having anything that's resembling a full squad available to them. You know, the Ruse are rebuild has kind of fallen, you know, on hard times right now. But the Bombers have had a few injuries, but they've they've not lived up to the expectations that a lot of people have had. And there's talk about whether or not, you know, the the, the there's going to be a coaching change possibly made or anything of that nature. Um, you know, it's, uh, like I said, they haven't lived up to the expectations at this point in time, you know, uh, That'll all be forgotten one day. Hopefully, more if you're an Essendon supporter. Not, you know, Dylan Shield had a great performance that might get Luke Parker to sit up and take notice. He had 25 disposals, five tackles, six inside 50s, and seven clearances. Peter Wright kicked four goals too, uh, and they had four other players that kicked two goals apiece. Jake Stringer evidently responded pretty well to Ben Rutten's critique of his performance. Um, Jade Gresham paced the Saints with uh, three goals, uh, 28 disposals, seven inside 50s, and four clearances. You know the Saints have a, a gauntlet to run through over the next four rounds. I mean, this is going to be this is a tough four rounds here. They got the Swans, Blues, Dockers, and Bulldogs coming up. They've dropped into the eighth spot, and they've got three clubs that are nipping at their heels, ready to jump into that spot. Now the Bombers are not playing finals this year, okay? But they've got Jack Steele coming back in. They got Darcy Parrish coming back in. They've got the Eagles this week and then opportunity to play spoiler. They've got the Swans, Lions, Suns, and Magpies following that. So Essendon might have an opportunity to have some say-so in terms of who else plays finals. And I think that's going to be the same thing, and I'm going to mention it here in a little while. I think it's going to be the same thing with the West Coast. I think those two clubs that are that are down, you know, kind of mired at the bottom of the thick, of the ladder right now, are going to have some input in terms of who plays finals because they're they're going to get somebody that yeah like the the cats almost got got this past week. Now, um, as far as the Essendon supporters, uh, John said this game is the benchmark benchmark as we aim for twenty twenty three. Still can't kick straight and lots to improve on, but our fastball movement was on point and what we need to consistently do. Maurice said our running game, running style game, so well known from last year, was on display. Friday night, continual injuries to our key players have restricted us this year. We can only hope 2023 serves us better from an injury point of view. Belinda said, I found the team effort memorable and exciting. Bodes well for 2023 and hopefully can be sustained for the rest of this season. Interesting to see if Waterman brother, brothers play against one another this coming weekend. Uh, Moreno said the club, I'm sorry, the team wasn't uh, all that different from the week before. Must have had a different uh, collective attitude. I've always thought that they were better than they were playing and that sooner or later they would click. On this occasion, they clicked. And some of the St. Kilda supporters, uh, Jared said, massive game for the two sides coming off a loss and just holding on to the bottom end of the log jam and the, for the eight. Will be a cracking game, and he's tipping the Saints to win by eight this week coming up. Uh, Neil said, absolutely not anything can happen. We are so hot or cold. The only people thanking us are those to pick the Bombers as a roughie. Uh, Christina said, Bombers have the wood on us. I was worried about, about this before the game. I felt it coming. Uh, Steven said, our skill levels are still are a bigger worry. It's hard enough to win games without repeatedly kicking back to the opposition, which we seem to do week after week. Tony said, no pride, disgraceful. Chris stated, uh, we play better when we are interstate and not expected to win. Okay. Uh, <laughs> David said, as the robot said in Lost in Space, trouble, Will Robinson. 
I think it was danger, Will Robinson, but I certainly understand what you're saying there. Um, Nick said, remember when we flogged Richmond and then Richmond won the flag in the same year? So, yeah. Um, and then Mark, oh, this, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, but uh, he put it here. He said, uh, Tassie Saints has a nice ring. Only way we will win a flag. Oh, you know what? I, I hope they get the Tasmania situation resolved because, you know, I, I as as a supporter of a, a team, the Cleveland Browns, who, who were moved away and became the Baltimore Ravens in the same division. So we see them twice a year. Uh, you know, I now I, I hate the Ravens. You know, I, I will I'll sledge on the Ravens all day long. I despise them. OK, I, I despise them, but that's. That's our game here. I'm I'm allowed to do that, um, but I, I I hope they get this resolved. You know, in terms of whatever may happen. Yeah, I I, I don't know. And now let's move on to the uh, the the third game of the weekend: Port Adelaide and Sydney. And uh, well, tipping isn't exact science because I started out the week 0 three because I got this one wrong as well. Uh, you know, Port had dropped two out of three after winning five in a row. The, you know, the people who were calling for Ken Hinckley's head or were back clamoring for it again. Sydney was coming in, at, you know, with a top six side uh, to Adelaide. Todd Marshall kicked four goals too. Ollie Wines paced the, the power with 34 disposals and 10 clearance. Both clubs had 46 inside 50s, but uh, Port put six on the board more than one of every four times, more than 25% of the time that they came inside and Sydney less than 20% of the time. Now, Luke Parker had a great showing with 26 disposals, five tackles, sorry, yeah, 26 disposals, five tackles, and 10 clearances. The kind of performance that might cause Dylan Shield to take notice. See how he worked that back in because they had their little issue a couple of weeks ago. Isaac Heaney kicked four of the goals for Sydney out of their eight that they kicked. And that's a huge win for Port Adelaide. You know, just when people are starting to think that it's time to write them off again, if they, they, you know, the standing eight count happened and they were able to get up and, you know, continue the fight. Now, this, the Swans have got an interesting month coming up here. They've got the Saints and the Bulldogs coming to the SCG, and they also then travel to face the Dockers and the Bombers. And who knows what Bombers club they're going to get. If they get the Bombers club that played the, the Saints the way they did this past week, that could be a real, real tough game for the Swans. Now, um, as far as some of the Port Adelaide supporters then, uh, Evelyn said, the boys were amazing. The effort was there all match. They were committed from the first bounce. Uh, Lynn said, all played a great game, not one passenger. Ronnie said, still bad umpiring in, in that first period, first 20 minutes. Unlike against Richmond, it didn't beat us today. Uh, Vicky stated, uh, just what we like to see, some good old-fashioned grunt work, crash, bash, boom. Send those Swannies back to old Sydney town with their all feathers all well, all well and truly ruffled. I, I love that. That's great. Uh Love the way the team played today. Lots of heart and club pride on, on show. Well done. Uh, let's see here. Caroline said, worked uh, worked for each other the whole game. Rattled the swans, which lead to their mis- led to their mistakes. Port oozed confidence as of old. Great game to watch. Uh, Trevor stated, I think the absence of Boki was just the signal. Ro- Connor Rosie needed to step up a couple of notches. This will help us a lot. Jonas also stood tall. And Burton, new leaders often take it on when the veterans are away. Good signs. And some of the Sydney supporters then, Gavin said, pathetic comes to mind. Uh, Damien, uh, improvement for the Bloods. Don't stress. Hopefully we'll get it right and, and settle everyone. Uh, Aileen stated, uh, insipid, lacking in energy, slow. Is that enough? 
Um, Thomas, pretty bold statement here. I'm going to put this out there, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, but after today, we won't finish in the eight this year. So there's a Swan supporter saying he doesn't think they're going to make the eight. Uh, Raymond said was there, started out okay, but then settled too much, couldn't get back into the game because lacked the support of the, of the crowd. Then our young brigade fell to some silly mistakes or felt the pressure when it could have been much different. When we turn it on, brilliant, but got out got outrun on turnovers through our midfield through the third quarter. The week off never helps and takes the run out of the legs. And the boys tried hard, but not our day. And let's see, I think I had one more here. John stated, I flew in from Sydney. We were definitely in it at halftime, but should have been further ahead due to our poor discipline and goal kicking. Too many times Port were able to waltz straight through the corridor and score easily. We lost it in the third where we fell apart, and only then did Port fans start to roar. We won the fourth with our intensity, but we simply can't continue to rely to try and rely on catch-up footy in the last. Disappointing, our finishing all season has been inconsistent. That's where games are ultimately won on the scoreboard. We had ample opportunity to win. Now, let's move on to the Cats and Eagles game. And as as I've told you, I'm a Cats supporter. You know, seeing you know, who is coming in for the Eagles, they're bringing a lot of premiership players in. This game scared the hell out of me. Because when this club is healthy, they are still a very good side. And they were, they're not perfectly healthy yet. No, no club is in round 14. But they were a heck of a lot healthier than they had been in a long time. You know, the point difference, as I'd mentioned earlier in this episode, was still very substantial. I think it was over 30 points. Now, again, I don't, I don't place bets on games, okay? I don't have that kind of disposable income. Trust me, I'm doing the podcast, and I'm saying, you know, if you wish to support the podcast, you can click on the red bubble thing. Uh, that's not there to support me uh, going out uh, going out to, to place wagers on games. That's not what that's there for. Uh, you know, when I talked about this with, you know, Kim Harrison, Mick Aussie, who will be on again uh, this Thursday uh, from the previous episode, I thought it was going to be a much closer game than it turned out to be, than it, tur- than it was thought to be. And in fact, I was worried about this being a trap game for Geelong. Geelong is terrible coming out of the bye. They won last year. They hadn't won. They hadn't won a bye game, I think, since I've been following footy. They'd lost several games in a row, you know. Uh, and I tipped them to only win by 13. And West Coast's last kick of the game went through for a behind by not much. So I almost had this one spot on because they ended up losing by 18 rather than by 13. Now, I know Eagles supporters don't want to hear about moral victories or anything like that, but I I was impressed by their tenacity. And I know that there are many Eagle supporters that want to see the youngsters getting playing time and meaningful playing time, similar to what we just saw with some of the Port Adelaide supporters, you know, getting some of the young people to step up in the absence of, of the more veteran players. Um, th- this is, it certainly doesn't show on the ladder because of everything that's happened to this club this year. This is a better club than a one-win club, okay? This is a better club than that. And, you know, Jack Redden had 24 disposals, six clearances, seven tackles. Tom Barras had 18 disposals and 10 marks. You know, Tim Kelly, Liam Ryan are going to be back soon. Nick Nick Nat's not going to be that far off. You know, the Eagles are not playing finals this year, but they're going to have a lot of say-so in terms about who does play finals because this is too good of a side to not win some games down the stretch. And when they start getting everybody back... now. That being said, if 
the leadership at the Eagles decide, you know what, let's go ahead and start blooding some of our, you know, our younger players a little bit more to get them game time experience because these older players are going to be moving on at the end of the season. Well, maybe that happens. But if if these veteran players, you know, continue playing, I I think you you know, they're going to win some games that are going to they're going to crush the finals hopes of some of some uh, supporters of some of the clubs that are trying to get into the eight. Okay. Cam Guthrie had 25 disposals, 13 tackles, and four clearances. Uh, Tyson Stengel matched Tom Hawkins, kicking three goals, too. Now, the Cats, of course, they've got a big matchup this week uh, facing off against the Tigers, which we'll be talking about. Now, as far as some of the Geelong and the West Coast supporters, um, Christopher said the Eagles fought it out and had the crowd driving them, but a win's a win. We got the job done. After Also, getting a win after the bye is very important since we have a poor record after the bye. I've heard that somewhere before. Wasn't our best performance, but getting a win by 100 points or one point is getting the job done. We must have left our game against the Tigers next. We must have lift, I'm sorry, lift our game against the Tigers next Saturday. That's for sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Susanna said to finally break the bye hoodoo, as they say, was great. Game wasn't pretty. Played well in some in some patches, allowing the Eagles to almost steal the game, but a win is a win. Take it any day. Uh, Bev said, same, same doubters when Fremantle beat us. Must give credit to the other side. We were not their only victory. West Coast will keep improving as well. Uh, Steven said, certainly not our best performance, but got to give at least some credit to the Eagles. Much better than I was expecting. Also, you can't. You aren't going to be up every week, so I'll take the four points and thanks. With Danger and Henry coming back in a couple more games under Menengola's belt, uh, we'll get a lot better. So good to see Menegola back and possibly a match-winning contribution from Stengel, firmly entrenched in my favorites now. Great results for us the rest of the round. And some of the West Coast supporters then, Steven said, Hey, hey Craig, I had a feeling all week that we may be in for, with, the sh- with the shot. was definitely a different game to what we have been producing, full four-quarter effort. I think in the end it was our inability to take chances in the final quarter that caught us, cost us. Dominated field position but couldn't convert when it mattered. If we can produce like this for the rest of the season, we will win more than we lose. And I think, I don't know if it'll win more than you lose, but I think you're certainly going to win some games. Uh, and he finished up then. He said, we'll also take, it was also a wake-up call to all of those who think we will only, we should only play the kids. The old heads are important to progress. Without them, you just get you just get flogged. It's already been a long season. So great point, Stephen, because as I would mentioned, I said, you know, they, they're going to have to decide whether or not they're going to go with the the veterans or blood some of these youngsters to get them the experience that they need going forward. Yeah, if you know if Adam Simpson's coaching for his job, maybe he's playing the older players. Uh, Huey said uh, Tom is one of a kind. Tom Barras is one of a kind. He really stood out against today against the quality of Hawkins and Cameron. Young Baza will be a good player in time and loving uh, Young Huff as well. Great effort by the boys. Geelong dropped players back in the last quarter, which I thought was a gamble with the full quarter to play, but it worked. And, and credit to them. Uh, Helen said, uh, nice to hear because I, when I was the comments I was making there uh, earlier, I agree. We've had a bad hand with revolving door of players. I know our continuity is definitely going to be going to build after today's game. And it's great seeing Williams and Jamison maturing in the ruck Huff Jones and West are really getting their share of the footy now that they have their time. I'm so proud of these boys and proud to be an Eagle supporter. And Waza King, who I had uh, you know on the podcast earlier, said, I never usually go on about empires, but when Selwood can get a swing around a, a full 360 and not get pinged is beyond me. 
The Cats beat the Eagles purely on the outside with run and carry. The Eagles got sucked into the contest too much, and it showed as they won the contested battle. Was pleasing signs for West Coast as they had some experience back in the side, but the youth in Clark, Bazo, Huff, and West added in the future doesn't seem as bleak as it's made out to be. Waterman had his best game for the season, keeping Stewart to four touches in the first half. Yeah, I yeah, I lost Max Gone. This is a little sidebar here. I lost Max Gone on my fantasy team. He'd been my captain all year. Tom Stewart had been my vice captain. Well, I made Stewart the captain this week. Should have made it Cam Guthrie. Uh, didn't work out. Um I'd say uh, Waterman with the two goals nulled Stewart's influence in the game, and I would I would say that's true because Stewart had a rather pedestrian game. He did not have a, a what Cat supporters would look at as a Tom Stewart game. Uh, he finishes up saying the Cats are purring along nicely with a nice run home, should finish top four. Hawkins with the 700 showed he has a couple uh, years left in him, and with, especially with Cameron getting up and ground up and down the ground more. So let's look at the uh, GWS and Bulldogs game, and I, I'm really curious about what your thoughts are on this. I mean, you know, if an AFL game is played and, and nobody shows up, did it really happen? You know, only 6,200 people showed up at Giant Stadium, and and this you could certainly argue that this was maybe the most entertaining game of the season. This was this was a terrific game. I mean, they put up a ton of points in the first quarter for, in this game, and it continued. You know it. It sure looked like what so many you know people have talked to me about. You know how the game has slowed down, and we're seeing the more defensive coaching efforts. And you know they're trying to use this the stand rule and such to open up the game and bring more scoring in and and such. This was one of those games. This is the kind. This was the kind of game that that people who've been following this game for 25, 30, 40 years have told me as somebody who's only been following it for seven years that this is what the game used to be like. This was a free flowing back and forth. You know, bo- you know, boxing match, body blow after body blow to one another. Um, you know, bags of goals getting kicked all over the place. You know, Cody Waitman, Aaron Naughton both kicked five for the Bulldogs. And you, you got to, you know, some people will be critical of Cody Waitman for, you know, flopping, trying to get free kicks. Okay, he's, you know. He's kind of developing that reputation. You know, Joel Selwood has his reputation for, for ducking. You know, people call him Duckwood. Um, but you cannot doubt Cody Waitman's fierceness, his tenacity, his guts. After seeing that elbow injury that he suffered, and he comes off the ground, and they kind of move things back to where they're supposed to be, not, not knowing what ligament damage might be in there right now. They tape it up, and he's back out there. Now, in the NFL, if somebody ends up with a hyperextended elbow, more often than not, they're not back in the game that game. They may miss a couple of weeks, and the next time they're out there, they've got some sort of a massive, you know, looks like looks like somebody went to Paris and took a chunk out of the uh, Empire, the Empire State Building, yeah, out of the Eiffel Tower. I'm recording this. It's a little after midnight here. So um, they take a chunk out of the Eiffel Tower and convert it into a, a brace for somebody's elbow. AFL players don't have the luxury of having something like that. They get they get tape. They get athletic tape holding them together. I mean, toughest athletes on the planet, folks. I'm just I'm just gonna say it. I said I, I say it's the greatest game on the planet. Okay? Toughest athletes on the planet as well. He's back out there not that much longer after that. So I, I, I can't do anything more than tip my cat to Cody Waitman for, 
for the effort that he put forth to make sure that this happened. You know, Toby Green kicked seven goals too. You know, Jackson McRae had a, a huge game, 37 disposals, nine tackles, eight interceptions, and eight inside 50s, and uh, six clearances. And Tim English had 10 disposals from the ruck position. Now, it does sound like he's going to be out this week. Uh, because I guess there was a delayed diagnosis of a concussion for Tim English, so he's going to miss the game with Hawthorne this week. And it sounds like Braden Pruce is actually being suspended for the tackle that caused that. Uh, so, you know, we're going to see. We'll have to see what happens with that then. So, uh, as far as the comments from the GWS and Bulldog supporters, then Justin said against the Giants. I'm sorry, again the Giants couldn't play four quarters, getting flogged in the third quarter is killing us week in and week out. Uh, Brendan said the dogs kicked three and two minutes early in the third, and that was the difference. They probably always looked more dangerous, but the Giants never went into their shell. We continued to play fast, attacking, exciting footy right to the very last siren. That's true. They did. Uh, you've got to be happy with that. Uh, David said, agree. The third quarter kicked us, but we also played very loose in defense. Uh, playing behind our man all night, and they just, uh, lead into the space and take easy marks. The dogs dominated the clearances, which cost us badly. Uh, David said, agreed. The defense was terrible. All those, allowing all those marks. It was like we were asleep on our feet, uh, which somebody then said a little bit further on down there. Cause I got a lot of comments from them. Oh no, that was actually the other tub club. That was that, that said that, um, Bruce said, you must never go into a game with only one ruck. Uh, Travis stated, great game, great positive running. This is all about getting our game style right. 2022 is gone. This is simply getting everyone tuned in to the new game style, which, let's be honest, if McVeigh is not that there next year as the coach, there may be yet another new game style that's coming in. That's my, my comment there. Um, the Giants will be very hard to beat if we play like that every week. The Doggies played well, marked strong and kicked straight. That's how it goes. Uh, losing Flynn pregame and then uh, Pruce early was a difference. Like Tom McVay, moved the magnets around in the second half. So, uh, Taurus stated for the Bulldogs, don't forget McCray. You know, he went over his stats, and I had I didn't mention him in the comment that I put on their on their board. Um, Wade said such a good game. Uh, Rennie said good win over uh, over there. Happy, but you do get uh, you do get a few nuff nuffs on here whinging. Um, Ronnie responded, Giants are an average side. I have always told you our back line is weak. Uh, Rebecca said, well done, Jack. Always so impressive. Uh, gives 100% always on the field. Uh, Lawrence said, great win, but whoever our defensive coach is should return this week's paycheck. <laughs> um, yeah. And Liz said, currently in Interstate WA, went out for dinner, and the place had all the screens on the game. Uh, what a bonus. We, we dragged out the time to watch the outcome. Great game. Go the doggies. And the last game of the weekend was Gold Coast and Adelaide. Now, who's one, who's the, one of the hottest teams in the comp right at the moment? Collingwood? Sure they are. Richmond? Absolutely they are. The Cats? You bet. They've won several games in a row. But those are all clubs that have long histories of success. Those are clubs that people expect to be competing for spots in the finals, to be in the top eight. But perhaps the, the hottest team in the comp is none other than the Gold Coast Suns. They've won five out of six. Now, I think they're sitting 10th on the ladder right now. They're a game behind the eight spot and 1.7 percentage points behind in the eight. So 
this and this is in round 15. So yeah, this is this is the Suns. This is the club that normally we're writing off and thinking, well, is this club going to get a priority pick? Well, ain't happening this year. Like I said earlier, this club is playing some exciting football. Yeah, I I know that there are not a lot of, I mean, I should say there. I know there's a lot of fans who are not all that keen on the fact that there's even a Suns club in existence in the Gold Coast, thinking that the the comp has wasted money on that. Um, and certainly that is a, that is a debated discussion that that can happen. I, again, that all happened before I got involved with the game. I'm 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 excited to see them having success. I think it's pretty cool that that's happening. Uh, this is a fun club to watch. You know, Noah Anderson and Matt Rowell pace the Suns. They combined for 47 disposals, 14 tackles, 15 clearances, and 15 inside 50s. Uh, Rankin and Mabiar Chol and Ben Ainsworth each kicked three goals apiece. The Crows had nine players with 20-plus disposals. Rory Laird had 42 with six tackles and five clearances. Sam Barry had a dozen clearances and seven tackles himself. Now, what was interesting is that the Suns actually, yeah, they kicked the goal three times out of every 10 that they brought it in inside 50. That's a pretty good percentage that they kicked a goal. Um, like I said, there's a lot of fun stuff happening with uh, the Gold Coast. Are they going to make finals this year? I don't know. But we're going to find out here pretty soon. You know, we've got uh, the next three rounds are going to be very indicative of what's going to happen with Gold Coast because they've got Port Adelaide, Collingwood, and Richmond coming up over the next three weeks. So we're going to find out what Gold Coast is made of. And they're going to have to, you know, step up and uh, replace, you know, a, uh, a catastrophic injury. And uh, we're going to find out what Stuart Dew is made of with this, this club. And I'm looking forward. I'm excited to see what happens with this club here. So, And I only got one response from a Sun supporter. I'm still not allowed to post in one of the Suns groups because my uh, Facebook page is only about two months old because I started it uh, not that long ago. And it's, it's, it's just something that uh, it's a little frustrating that that's the case. Uh, but uh, Terry stated, was at the game. And it was a great win. It was a game full of excitement, but there was tempered by the shocking injury to Will Powell and the hamstring injury to Connor Butterick. The biggest take for me was the lack of enthusiasm from the crowd for the Suns. Adelaide had a far more parochial crowd support than us, which is really disappointing considering it was one of our home games and how well we've been playing. We need bums in our seats at our home games. Now, I I agree with you with with Terry there because... uh, you know, this is a good side, but this is a side that hasn't been good really up until this point. This is a club that has scuffled for many, many years. And from what I have learned about this area, this is an area where the AFL is trying to plant a flag, so to speak. Now, I don't mean, you know, planting a flag as in, you know, them winning a grand final and it being guaranteed or anything like that. I mean, just in terms of getting the, the game established there. Okay. Now, some of the Adelaide supporters, uh, Peter said, love that uh, Fogg is starting to gain consistency. Also, he's taking the ball at speed. Uh, Admire the way Tex brings others into the game. Barry is starting to cement himself into the center. Want to see him stay there. He is hard at the ball and man and 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 uses it effectively. Uh, Tony said there's very little to take away from this one. Three young players, Soligo, Barry, and Parnell, all had good movements throughout the match and will get better. Rochelle short of a gallop but shows huge promise. Fogg having improved uh, the last couple games. 
Hatley, continu Hatley continues to grow. Too many others are a worry. Senior players out of touch. McHenry and Rowe eager, but both seem both so untidy. Hamill has good weapons to his game. Why don't we ever see four quarters from him? Blokes are frightened to kick, so handball wide of, of teammates or to their feet. Could go on and on, but that's enough for now. Kerry says, I was at the game, and I'm not normally one to put crap on the umpires. Number one for the Suns was a protected species, and our players were free-kicked for touchy things. We got close in the last quarter, and they kicked away. Unfortunately, rebuilding takes a long time. Ask St. Kilda. They've been trying to win another flag since 1966 and Melbourne for about 50 years. I will never give up on the Crows. Our day will come again. Come on, everyone. Fly as one. Uh yeah, so let's see here. A couple more here. Uh, Chad said, uh, this is fair, but still does go missing a lot. However, it would be good to see some consistency. Nat was talking about Fogarty uh, fighting some form over recent weeks. Uh, starting to look like the player we all want him to be if he holds his form up. Um, Chad Chad said, absolutely nothing going backwards as a club. You know, so... Uh, yeah, what well, remains to be seen what's going to happen with Adelaide. You know, Adelaide, like I said, they're still in rebuild. They're they're moving uh, in the right direction, but they, they seem to be taking steps backwards from time to time as well. So, folks, I want to give a huge thank you to all of you who reached out and shared your thoughts. I truly appreciate your insight. This is why I'm hopping into your groups to talk with you, to learn from you. Again, like I said, I'm a cat supporter, but I'm doing my best to learn as much as I can about each and every one of the clubs in the comp. And you're tremendous in providing your insight to me, and I tip my cap to you. I'm really looking forward to what round 15 is going to be bringing. Uh, Mick Aussie is going to be joining me again on Thursday. Uh, we'll be recording after the uh, the Melbourne and Brisbane game, but we will share our uh, tips with one another beforehand. Uh, this is going to be one heck of a round of football here. I'm very excited about this one. Now, folks, don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and on Twitter at yank underscore on. Uh, you can look for a yank on the footy podcast on Facebook and a yank on the footy on Instagram. Now, many of you have signed up for the mailing list over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. I hope you will uh, consider doing that. Ask your friends to check out the show if they love footy. Hopefully, they'll they'll be interested in uh, in what's going on with it. Uh, doing a couple of interviews in the next few days here. I do, like I said, I do encourage your friends to sign up uh, to check out the show as well. Folks, I want to thank you for listening. You know, we're fans of our, of our clubs. Uh, deep down, we love this game overall, and it's the greatest game on the planet. Look out for one another. Okay, reach out to your friends, check up on them, make sure that they're okay. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 179 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me over there on Instagram at A Yank on the Footy and on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy Podcast. I do hope you'll check out the website at yankonthefooty.com and get signed up for the mailing list. And if you want to be a guest on the show, fill out that uh, register as a guest form. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Craig Wessels.
and goodbye.